Hello, and welcome to Mr. Information for gents and ladies who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at pub quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. And I'm Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey. How's it going? It's pretty good. I'm having a great time. Yeah, we're having a good time. We're starting a new show here. Yeah. Mr. Information. I'm and it's pumped. Easter. It is Easter. It's a yeah. beautiful Easter morning. Yeah, it sure is. So what are you what are you doing for Easter? What's the first thing you do on Easter morning? Well, like both of us, clearly, uh, the first thing that I do is I make a pot of coffee. Okay. Okay. I'm I know not... you, you love coffee. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd say I love it, but I'm, I mean, I'm more of a tea person. Yeah, you get your coffee, you grind it up, you put in your water. Yeah. And you just go to Flavortown. Oh, I, I definitely do that. That's true. But um, how do we transition? This? No, that's the transition. That's so the transition. Let me tell you about coffee. All right. Yeah. Tell me about today coffee. We're talk What's your about, topic, Steve? My topic today is, is food-related science and the science that goes along with, with food. Uh, the first thing I will say is about coffee. Uh, there's, and this is all obviously for trivia purposes. So these are things that you would want to know if you were, because this is a trivia podcast. It sure is. So coffee, there's, there's two kinds of coffee that are typically grown and used in, in uh, the field. There's Arabica coffee. Mm-hmm. And there is robusta coffee. Um, the first one, arabica, is about uh, three fourths of all the kinds of coffee grown. It tastes better. It's got better flavor. Uh, it's got a little bit less caffeine uh, than the robusta. Um, but the robusta is uh, uh, lives on a larger tree, so that's something that's different about it. Okay. Um, What's the other one live on? They both live on trees. Oh, there's just the arabica is a smaller tree. Mm. It's about fifteen feet tall. Okay. Uh, the coffee that we think of as coffee, it comes from berries from the tree. Uh, they're called cherries cause they, they turn red when they're ripe mm-hmm. and inside the cherry, there's two uh, seeds and the seeds are basically what you see when you see coffee bean. Um, sometimes there's just one seed and that's called a pea berry. Ooh. So that's a good little piece of trivia in this trivia podcast. Yeah. Same one like harvest all the pea berries. Do you like yeah, pea berry only mix? Yep, and those are more expensive uh, coffees. I bet. So the next thing you do after you, you grow your coffee, you pick your coffee, you got to roast your coffee, right? Mm-hmm. But how does it get brown? You ever think about that? Yeah, like it's hot, right? Yeah. It's getting roasted. It's getting roasted. And there's yeah. a specific type of scientific process that happens okay. to make it brown. Tell me more. It's called the Maillard reaction. Or reactions. It's actually a different. It's a series of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, Maillard. Uh, it's a thing that occurs at about three hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, sometimes lower, sometimes hotter, but typically above boiling and uh, boiling temperature specifically. And it's a reaction between amino acids and carbohydrates. So, uh, or also known as reducing sugars. So, small, uh, small monosaccharides, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, so these uh, amino acids and carbohydrates, they, they sort of break apart and they reform into new things, uh, becoming dark and flavorful. And you can think of things like roasting coffee, uh, baking bread, cookies, uh, searing of steaks or meat, uh, and the brown that comes from that. That's all the Maillard reaction. Okay. Can you spell that for our listeners? Oh, our listeners? Yeah. Oh, for our listeners? Uh-huh. Please. M-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. It's almost like mallard, like a duck, but but different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else gets brown? What's that? Sugar. Sugar. You call that caramelization. It's different than the Maillard because it's it's just the carbohydrates breaking down. So, and that actually happens hotter. So, so uh, if you heat table sugar up to about three hundred and forty degrees Fahrenheit, it'll start to break down and caramelize, and in this instance the sucrose which is the table sugar it breaks down into short 
and uh, and longer segments of uh, these carbohydrates that uh, then react together and form these flavor compounds and aroma compounds. Um, they're not necessarily sweet anymore. Sometimes they are bitter or they turn to like sour acid type uh, structures. And some shorn form long uh, chains of polymers made from carbohydrates that actually turn brown. And that's what we see is the, the brown color of caramel. Wow. Uh, before it does that, specifically for, for table sugar, it breaks down into its constituents. So like I said before, monosaccharide, polysaccharide, disaccharide, a table sugar, sucrose, is a disaccharide. It's two different sugars sort of bound together. And those two sugars are glucose and fructose. Mm-hmm. Those are things to remember. Uh, if you ever wonder about uh, British recipes, if you've ever seen one of those that talks about getting invert sugar or inverted sugar, I never knew what that was. Okay. Uh, that yeah, is, I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? Nope. Invert sugar. It's basically sugar syrup. You take table sugar and you boil it in water, and that breaks apart the sucrose into the glucose and the fructose. And uh, that's it's this sugar syrup that you can use in baking. Do but we wonder, don't need that over here. In no, the we States. we don't need it. We have other things. Okay, other great. more advanced sugars. Um, the the name inverted sugar, the inversion, um, is sort of interesting. It it comes from uh, the way that polarized light bends as it passes through the sugar from before it breaks apart and to after it breaks apart. It sort of changes direction, which is why it's called inverting, which I thought was very interesting. So uh, there's sort of three sugars that we typically are thinking about, monosaccharides. There's glucose, which is also called dextrose. There's fructose, which is the sweetest of the three. Um, And all these have the same elements, and it's all carbon and hydrogen and uh, uh, just put together. Uh, and there's also galactose, which is a sugar from milk, but that's never by itself. It's always with other things. Um, typically, uh, in like lactose, which is a disaccharide, so two sugars together again. So su- sucrose is the first one we talked about, fructose and glucose. Lactose is galactose and glucose. And then there's maltose, also called maltodextrin. You may have heard of that. Have you heard of that? Uh, I've heard of malto meal. Yeah, exactly right. that. That's two glucoses together. Uh, so talking about some flavor compounds, here are some that you should know. Okay. Uh, terpenes. Never heard of it. What does it sound like to you? Terpenes. Turpentine. Yeah, great. Wow. Nailed it. Really? Got it in one. That doesn't sound like something you'd want in food. No, but it's part of the same... Uh, bio- or biological, part of the same chemical sort of family. Okay. Um, so terpenes are uh, structures that give you uh, smells and aromas um, like mint, pine, eucalyptus, caraway, citrus, those types of uh, smells and flavors um, that are all from these small molecules. Another one is phenols. Phenols give uh, the flavor to oregano, thyme, vanilla, cinnamon, uh, anise, and clove, which is uh, a little side note about clove. Uh, clove, the, the molecule that gives off the clove smell, which is called eugenol, E-U-G-E-N-O-L. Oh, thank you for spelling that. Gotcha. Uh, it can be used as an anesthetic for fish. So if you got a fish that's uh, feeling a little under the water, you can take it in and uh, they'll use some eugenol oil to, uh, to knock it out a little bit so they can do some work on it. I thought one of the things about fish was that, like, they couldn't real, they weren't really aware of what's going on. They can't really feel pain. That's I think that's just a thing we tell each other to feel better about eating them. All right, that's that's fair. Either way, it knocks them out. It makes them not be all floppy when you're trying to do work on them. Okay. Uh, a third uh, compound is esters. So esters are a thing that. Uh, gives sort of fruity flavors, tropical flavors, things like banana, uh, apple, orange, pear, pineapple. Uh, those sorts of flavors are, are esters. So these are all Good list. Uh, terpenes, phenols, esters. These are all aroma flavor compounds that you might see on a trivia. Trivia. Hey, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> well, I think I do, right? That's kind of the whole point of Mr. Information, a trivia podcast for gents. That's true. And ladies. That's true. 
okay, so speaking of esters, uh, they are some of the things that you find in the flavor compound, specifically in Belgian beers. Okay, um, I feel like I've seen that. You've I've seen, seen banana, banana beer listed in a lot of Belgian beers, and then I order it, thinking it'll be very banana forward, but then it's never really, and it's never really like, lives up you know, to it. It's like wine that tastes like you know all the different things that wine tastes like. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's kind of maybe a little bit, but it's yeah, tastes like grapes mostly. I see banana on a beer list. I look up. It's a half a Weizen, and that's just how they're described. I don't know. They're not really that banana y. But, but they are a little bit because they have these, these esters in it, which is the same compounds that are in banana that uh, become extant during the f- uh, fermentation process of the beer. So, speaking of beer, you know yes. what? I don't have enough time to speak about beer. Oh. Um, there's too much to talk about beer. Maybe uh, some other trivia hosts could talk about beer for an episode. That's true. We only. You only get one hour a year. You only get just one hour every Easter. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about beer, though. So beer is made from yeast, and there's two kinds of yeast that's used to make beer. One is ale yeast. So that's Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Mm-hmm. Makes uh, sense. Which ferments on the top of beer. So ale on the top. And so what that means is that the yeast literally floats on the top of the beer while it's fermenting, and then it, it sinks to the bottom once it's mm-hmm. done. All right. This is typically done at warmer temperatures, around like 70 Fahrenheit. And those, the warmer it gets, as it gets hotter and hotter, that's where it creates some of these more tropical fruit flavors uh, in the esters. Okay. What's the other kind of beer? Do you know? Well, yeah, that's right. We got ale and light. <laughs> yep. All right. Now, lager. So it, is, lager. it is lager. Great. Uh, the type of yeast that's used, it's a different type of yeast used for lager. Uh, Saccharomyces uh, pastorianus, which uh, is named for Louis Pasteur. Hmm. Uh, that ferments at the bottom. So the, the yeast doesn't float. It just it sits on the bottom, does all its work there. And that's typically done at a cooler temperature, around 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And it produces much less uh, esters and phenols. So those beers are typically a lot lighter and crisper, um, which you might expect from like a German lager. Uh, there is the best of both worlds, though, in my opinion. The California Common, also known as Steam Beer, which is a trademark uh, owned by the Anchor Brewing Company, mm-hmm. um, which is important for trivia purposes. Um, sure. Its owner, Fritz Maytag, or who purchased it rather in uh, 1965, um, is known as the father of microbreweries because he started the whole process of bringing that, that brewery back from the brink of death uh, in the, the mid-60s and started the revolution that we now enjoy of having all these uh, these breweries all around the country after they were decimated after Prohibition. And washing machines. It's the same Maytag. That's exactly right. What? Yeah. It, wow. <laughs> all right. So taking a, a sharp uh, left turn all the way across both ponds, um, I did want to do one quick aside on sauces. Certainly. Uh, there are like... 7,000 different sauces in the world. But uh, for culinary purposes and in trivia contexts, um, there are the five mother sauces of French cuisine. There's five mothers? There's five whole mothers. They need a new analogy. Yeah, they don't do great with this. So the the first in the list Mm -hmm. of the five French mother sauces is Espanol, which is Spanish. Nope. That's... That's it, though. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. So that's a brown sauce. It's uh, you think of it like gravy. It's made with brown stock and a brown roux. A roux. Do you know what a roux is? Mm-hmm. That's uh, you get you you melt some butter in a pan. You start whisking in some flour. Um, I'm gonna say milk. No. Nope. Next. Nope. nope. All right. That's it. You would use milk in one of these other sauces, but just by itself, a roux is just flour and butter. Uh, and there's different colors of roux. So there's, I mentioned brown roux. Um, the longer you cook it, it goes from being white when you just first start mixing it together to starting to, to go through that Maillard reaction and turn brown. Um, it goes to yellow and then brown or brick. Um, and then it gets uh, black, basically, if you cook it too long. The more you cook it, the less it will thicken whatever it is that you're putting it into. So it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, the next 
sauce is veluti or velvety, which is a white stock, uh, like a poultry stock or a fish stock, and a yellow roux. Uh, you've probably never had that because we don't eat that in America. Uh, the next is bechamel, sure. which is named for Louis de Bechamel, uh, just to sort of impress him. Um, he has connections to the Medici, uh, who, you know, I don't know what they do. I don't. We should find out what they do. Yeah. It's, all right. We'll make a note. Uh, so bechamel is uh, milk and a white roux. So if you made a roux and put in milk or cream, that would be uh, the basis of a bechamel sauce. The next one is hollandaise, which is from Holland. Sure. Uh, which is made from butter, eggs, and some sort of acid like uh, lemon juice or vinegar. And the final is mayonnaise, which is egg, oil, and acid. So it's similar to hollandaise, except for instead of butter, it's it's an oil. Okay. I never thought of mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is a mother sauce? It is. Wow. In fact, have you ever heard of salad cream? No. If you've ever been in the grocery store in the fancy european section and you see a bottle that says salad cream on it and a sticker with a bunch of u.s uh information about the nutrition facts Mm -hmm. salad cream is a mayonnaise Hmm. that's what i found out i'll be damned okay yeah going into that i i thought there was just one mother sauce and i thought it was bechamel well now i know now you know there are five there are five and And that's everything about food science (laughs) all right well thank you steven well, hey. Uh, so yeah, so we're doing we're doing kind of a combination episode here. You get us started, right? Yeah, we. I mean, we only we only get the one. You only get the one. We only get the one. So I was trying to think about what to do for my topic, and it's like, you know, I'm 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 pretty good on our trivia team when it comes to like video games. Sure. Yeah. I got current events. If you need any early Simpsons trivia, you're the man. There, you know. So it all kind of it all kind of came together in my head in a weird way because um, recently at trivia there was a question about the game Fortnite. Yeah, and this it's a very popular game, and I I mean I'd heard of it before, but I also had heard of it recently because uh, the rapper Drake was uh, had joined a, a a person streaming it on Twitch. All right, had you heard about this? I've heard of Drake. Okay. Well, that's that's sort of where I went with that. Is uh, my topic today is trivia I learned from Drake. <laughs> so Fortnite. Uh, do you know about Fortnite? I know it was a game, mm-hmm. and then they had a battle royale version of it. Yes. I, you know, and it's like PUBG. I'm just going to put this out there. I don't listen to Drake's music. I don't play Fortnite. It's just, hey, what what trivia did I get off this? Great. So yeah, I, I, I was personally trying to separate this. Apparently, there, there's the Fortnite Battle Royale is what's very popular with the kids these days. Um, it just came out on mobile devices or iOS devices. So It's a first-person uh, shooter, right? It's third person, third person shooter. But yeah, they brought out they brought out the battle royale mode. It it was like a, you could kind of like build up a fort, as in the title, um, and uh, you could uh, yeah yeah you'd you'd battle against some other folks to to try to defend your fort or something. Okay. But then you you mentioned it before a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That's came the one. Out. Uh, that was a a one hundred man death match type game um and yeah they just kind of said like oh we could we could do that with our game let's just do that put it out for free uh it's super popular it got 10 million players in the first two weeks or a fortnight Ooh, that's pretty good um but but yeah apparently that's not like the main game I don't know. The main game still isn't out yet. It comes out sometime this year. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Apparently, that's the world we live in. Things can get super popular, millions of people playing it, and they're not even they're not even really out yet. But thanks, uh, Steam. 
Yeah. So I I mean this recently entered the public consciousness because Drake was playing uh Fortnite and he was playing with a, a streamer on Twitch TV, a website for streaming video games. Uh the streamer's named Ninja and somehow he got Drake. He got fellow rapper Travis Scott. Uh he got mega upload found founder Kim.com. Got Kim.com. He got Kim.com and uh Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster, and they all played some Fortnite together. That is a motley crew. It is. But it, it really just made me realize just how trivia-worthy Drake is. Like, he seems to have his finger on the pulse of, of what's going on. Uh, but I thought I'd ask you, Stephen, when, when did you first hear Drake? Let's see. Today's Sunday, so... I'm going to go with last Sunday. Wow. Never heard of him before. No, I I don't know. <laughs> Probably in the last uh, year. Okay. I don't know. But you know what I would say? And you know what a lot of people would probably say? They saw him on Degrassi, The Next Generation. What? Right? Right? Uh, I don't think you watched this. You I did not. Cable, you no. weren't a cable kid. But I was. I had uh, the, the channel. It, it aired on CTV in Canada. Yeah, which it's, I think it's Canadian cable. Yes, it's certainly a Canadian show, and I think that uh, channel might be public in Canada. I, I don't know, but I think it's I think it's out there in Canada. But in America, Deep Cable, it was on a Nickelodeon-owned network called Noggin, which was mostly for kids, but similar to Nick at Night on Nickelodeon, Noggin had VN for teens. Uh, and it eventually split off into its own network, uh, which they called Teen Nick in 2009. But uh, yeah, it, they, look, they were all deep cable. Let's let's deep be honest. Canadian cable. Deep. Well, no, American cable. No, Regular but, Canadian. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so Drake back then he was known as Aubrey Graham. He played Jimmy Brooks. He was on the first seven seasons of the show. Wow. It was kind of like a season was was like part of the school year i don't know they had this whole system where they could they could keep it fresh they'd bring in new students to represent the younger classes while your while your favorites grew up and they yeah, like saved by the bell went to college yeah the new maybe. class sure <laughs> um so he he was on there for seven seasons but do, i mean when i when i mention jimmy on degrassi drake on degrassi does that bring anything to mind? Like, do you know anything about his character? Was he in a wheelchair? He was in a wheelchair. Why did I know that? All right. Hey, you, you know what? It. It's because you're my best friend. Ah, well, but here's the thing. For for four seasons, he was not in a wheelchair. What? I just want to make this clear to everybody that, that Jimmy Brooks did not have a wheelchair until season four. And yet this, this is what everybody remind remembers about the character. Hmm. Like he was like a popular kid. He was, he hung out with spinner. He dated Ashley, Ashley. He dated Hazel. No, but then they did a, you know, Degrassi was a very issues of the day type show. Yeah, Proactive. Pro Proactive. Pro, yeah. There's a lot of representation bono. going on on that show, but they, they did have a school shooting and Drake, well, Jimmy was uh, was shot while fleeing uh, a kid with a gun, uh, and ended up in a wheelchair. So you know there there was a little bit where they spent on that. Certainly, he had some struggles, but eventually, you know, he got back together with Ashley. He dated Trina. They kept going, and and uh, apparently, I. I may have lost touch with the show at this point, but sure. apparently his his final character arc is that he meets uh, another uh, he meets a lady in a wheelchair and they go to Europe to get stem cell treatment together. Wow! And in his last shot on the series, he's on crutches. Like, is that possible? I don't know. I mean, anyway. I'm a scientist, but I'm not that kind of scientist. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't know, but but this is where I knew. This is where I knew him from before. And like, then he was written, like he left the show, he graduated, he went out into the world and, and he said, I'm that the actor who played him decided to decide to start, start, start rapping. 
Like, there's not a lot of actors turned rappers. There's a lot of rappers turned actors. Yeah, sure. Yep. But, like, yeah, it just doesn't go the other way as much. I mean, so you got Childish Gambino. pretty unique. Yeah, you got Childish Gambino. I was absolutely looking around, and that was, like, that was the only the one. other one to know who we should say. That's that's Donald Glover, who started writing for 30 Rock and then starred in Community as Troy. Um, and then, most recently, Spider-Man. Sure. He's not Spider- He's in the movie. He wanted to be Spider-Man, but he, he wasn't Spider-Man. It's too bad. They went they went young with that role. I would watch him as Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll we'll see him as Lando Calrissian I'm in the upcoming that. solo a Star Wars story. But uh yeah, so he started a music career after Degrassi High. Um do you know any Drake songs? Not to put you on the spot. No, I don't. I know that he didn't he do a dance. He did it like a dance Ooh. in a room. Yes. Drake is, he's certainly, he's the subject of some memes. Sure. Or as Julie and I have, have deliberated image macros, you know. You, yeah. Or yeah. memes. Or memes. If you're a drag whatever. queen. But uh, yeah. So I took a look at, at, uh, at his music. Surprisingly, he's only had two singles top the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, you've got One Dance from 2016. And uh, right now, in 2018, he released a song called God's Plan. All right. But that's it. Because you think about Drake and, and you know, you might think uh, that th- he's had a lot of other big songs. Hotline Bling. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Hotline Bling comes up yeah. at trivia quite a bit. But only reached number two on the charts. Ooh, so close. Uh, some, other, some other top five. Uh, Best I Ever Had from 2009. That hit number two. Find Your Love from 2010, that hit number five. Started from the bottom, which I would I would say is one of his more popular songs. That only went to number six in 2013. Hmm. How about that? Um, uh, Hold On, We're Going Home hit number four in 2013. And yes, the, the aforementioned Hotline Bling finally in 20, 2015. So all this came out. Uh, he's released uh, four albums, two EPs, six mixtapes. It's it's that's a pretty solid career. Yeah, but only two number ones. Only two number ones. But get this, all four of his full length albums have reached number one on the Billboard 200. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. He's he he may not have the top singles, but he can he can sell some records. Um, so those re- those albums. That's uh, in 2010 he came out with Thank Me Later. 2011, Take Care. In 2013, Nothing Was the Same. And in 2016, views. And I want to talk about views a little bit. Do you know? Do you know what's on the cover of views? Uh, a beautiful scene of a mountain mm. and a, a a lake with a happy little tree. Okay, okay, that's close. But let's picture this from Drake's perspective. Oh, okay. We've we've established he's from Canada, but do you know where in Canada he's from? I'm gonna guess Winnipeg. Oh no. Toronto. Okay. The Close New York by. City of the North. <laughs> uh so so the here's some interesting trivia about the album. It wasn't originally called Views. It was called Views from the Six. What is the Six? Exactly. What is the Six? The Six is Toronto. It's called the Six. No, not until Drake <laughs> called it that. But in 2015, he he started pushing for it. He wanted to call it the Six and people said, "Why?" Who calls Toronto the six? What is he talking about? Does the six refer to something specific? It does. Okay. So some people pointed out that uh, the the area codes for Metro Toronto are, are 416 and 617 or 647. Sorry. Uh, but uh, the, the real explanation apparently is that uh, before 1998, Toronto was actually six municipalities. Oh, okay. And then in 1998, they call it uh, the Amalgamation of Toronto. Those six municipalities reformed into one major metro city. So it's like how Pennsylvania is not really a state. It's a commonwealth. Sure. Maybe. Um, but I thought this was interesting that Toronto, you know, was originally six different cities, only one of which was called Toronto. But now they're, they're all amalgamated into one what Toronto we know is together. Toronto today. Uh, the other ones outside of Toronto were York, East York, 
North York, Scarborough, and Etobicoke. I don't know how to pronounce that one, but that... You'd think for the Amalgam, they might have gone with the name York. Yeah, that's true. York outnumbered Toronto three to one. Right. But yeah, I guess Toronto got it. Um, And good for them. It's nobody's Uh, business but the Turks. (laughs) All right. But okay. So the album cover. So views or views from the six. The album cover has uh, a picture that is a very tiny Drake sitting on the edge of the CN Tower. Okay. Which is which is in Toronto. Makes sense. Yeah. And you know what? That's CN Tower. That was the world's tallest freestanding structure from 1975 to 2007. Till 2007. Till 2007. I mean, you got the, the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, sure. That's a big You've one. You've got the Canton Tower in China. But Western Hemisphere, CN Tower. Still your tallest. Still number one. Still number one. Still got it, baby. Although Wikipedia has a lot of interesting articles on the tallest. It's it's very specific. Uh, there's the tallest freestanding structure. There's the tallest tower. There's there's all kinds of different categories for Fair this. Enough. But you know what? It's it's pretty tall. It's, it's pretty tall. It, it's you know it's right nearby. We're pretty close to Toronto. Um, and you know what else? Uh, in being from Toronto that is related to Drake. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things, but another one that I know and that I've learned from Drake is about the Toronto Raptors. I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is. Okay. Is it, is it like a curling team? Hmm. It's basketball. Mm. The NBA. One of 30. But the, in Toronto? In Toronto. The no, National that's a, that's a Canadian basketball. city. Yeah. I guess, you know, I get, uh, MLB does it too. You got the Toronto... Uh, I guess the Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. And you know that one. Toronto Maple Leafs. They're, right. they're invited to the leagues. Because they're so no, close by. There's no NFL in Canada, but there, there is a CFL, but maybe someday. But yeah, the Toronto Raptors, they named Drake their global ambassador in the wow. year 2013. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. You hadn't heard of them because like compared to like a, a Chicago Bulls or whatever, they haven't they haven't quite had the national profile. Fair enough. You know? Not high in the uh, the rankings. No, but you know, they are they're They entered. They entered the league in 1995 uh, along with the Vancouver Grizzlies. So we got a couple Canadian teams. Yeah, we added a couple Canadian teams. The Vancouver Grizzlies have since moved to Memphis, though. So mm. not so. Are they so still the Grizzlies? The one. They are still the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Okay. Uh, so though you know they're sort of it's hard to say they're the second youngest franchise because they're kind of shared with another one. But that's fair. Yeah, they're they're you know they have they've only been there since 1995. The youngest is the New Orleans Pelicans, formed in 2002. But that's. That's a whole rigmarole. The Charlotte Bobcats moved to New Orleans, but then Charlotte got a new franchise, and then New Orleans renamed themselves. And I don't for know. our listeners, this is, again, basketball? This is basketball, okay. yes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, we, we said they haven't, well, they haven't had a lot of success. They're not very high profile. You know, DeMar DeRozan's jersey is not in the top five selling on NBA.com currently. But... You know what? They're pretty good right now. I'm just going to put that out there. That the Toronto Raptors are first in the Eastern Conference as of this recording. Wow. Yeah. As of Easter Sunday. I mean, they're not the best overall. Certainly, you know, in the West, you've got Golden State. You've got the Houston Rockets. There's a lot of good basketball being played out West. But but in the East, you know, going against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics... They're on top. They're right. they're uh they're fifty five and twenty. So hey, so I'll be hearing more about them. This could be the year. This could be the yeah. year. It sure could. So I think that about wraps it up. That's the trivia I've learned from Drake. You taught me so many things, and I'm so happy you you told me about it because I have such a hard time with Drake related trivia. That's good. That's good. And I like. Yeah, I I like that I could explore this idea from this angle that I didn't just have to study Drake, but what 
you really let us I down the tr- the primrose path on this yeah, one. It's good. Like like I was th- I mentioned in my intro, The Simpsons. That sort of came to mind. It's like, how much trivia have I learned because of The Simpsons? A lot. A I lot. Think. Yeah. But I couldn't do one episode on it. No, that'd be a whole season. But for Drake, yeah, I, I fit you it in. Do one. Yeah, yeah do it I one. I can do that. All right. So we're going to go into the quiz portion. We're going to mix it up a little bit. I think uh, you're going to ask a question, then I'm going to ask a question. We're going to alternate. Great. Um, and I believe our topics are somehow related, right? Yours? I hope so. Yeah, well, what's yours? Uh, because it's Easter. It sure is. And I was doing uh, a topic on food science. Mm-hmm. I figured the only way to combine the two was to do a topic on Easter eggs. Great. And I, you know, picking from another one of my, my trivia passions, uh, wrote a little something about Easter eggs in video games. Perfect. And uh, yeah, all together, that's uh, Drake and eggs. So take it. Question number one. Two answers. I need both of them. U.S. egg sizes come in sizes ranging from small to jumbo. You may have seen bigger duck eggs or smaller quail eggs in the store. If you wanted to go out right now and eat the largest and the smallest bird eggs you could get your hands on, what birds would those come from? Question two. The first widely known Easter egg room of a castle featuring the text created by Warren Robinette was hidden in what Atari 2600 game? Question three. The Easter Bunny brings eggs every year, just like Santa brings presents on Christmas. We already learned from misinformation what the beginnings of Santa were, so what year did the Easter Bunny first join the holiday scene? I'll take it within 25 years. Question four. More than six months after Star Wars Rogue Squadron was released for the Nintendo 64, LucasArts revealed a secret code to let players pilot a Naboo Starfighter as seen in what then-released film? Question number five. The week leading up to Easter is called Holy Week. You know the hits. Palm Sunday, Good Friday. But what's the name of Holy Week's Thursday? Number six. So it was all your work. A hidden ending in survival horror game Silent Hill 2 features the protagonist discovering a control room where what breed of dog, or should I say doge, has been responsible for all of the game's events? Question number seven. Three questions, three egg dishes. One from China. It's black and made with alkaline mud. One from Japan, it's rectangular and wrapped in nori. And one from Italy that looks a lot like an omelet. What are they? Question eight. After persistent rumors followed the first game, what Blizzard sequel finally allowed you to battle a lightning-enchanted, super-unique hell bovine? Question number nine. Get out your cocktail shaker and your Klein bottle. Time to do some measurements. What is the ratio of eggs to cream in a standard bar recipe for an egg cream? And finally, number 10. You entered it in Contra. What's the, the button sequence known as the Konami code? We'll give you a couple minutes to think about that, and we'll get back with answers.
Question one, if you were to go out and find the largest and the smallest egg from a bird, what birds would those come from? Okay. Um, I'm going to say just, I guess, from, from watching cooking shows or something, I feel like is it a... Is it a quail's egg? Is usually pretty small. Quail egg was actually in the question. What? Yep. the The question is asking what is the largest bird egg and what is the smallest bird egg. Not necessarily that you can buy in a store. It's just the smallest bird egg and the largest bird egg of currently alive birds. Well, that could be anything. Yeah. Uh, all right. So it wasn't quail for smallest, but uh, let's go. It, it is the largest an ostrich. It is an ostrich, largest one. Okay. Which can be as large as almost six pounds. Wow. What's the smallest? Uh, I would have accepted a vervain hummingbird or a bee hummingbird. There's still a little bit of uh, conflicting information I could find about that. But either one, they're about 0.3 grams and about the size of a Tic Tac. Wow. Oh. Yeah. No, never would have guessed it. Don't feel bad about going quail. Perfect. All right. Uh, so the first, for question two, the first widely known Easter egg uh, room of a Castle featuring created by Warren Robinette was in what Atari 2600 game? I'm going to guess Pitfall. Ooh, no. It was Adventure. Oh. Very simple name. But Pitfall is actually an interesting guess because Pitfall, I believe, was put out by Activision. Yep. Which was started by programmers from Atari who were sick of not being credited in the games. Fair enough. So that that's exactly what the Easter egg was. An adventure was a screen telling you who wrote the game. And then, you know, the Atari would sell millions of copies. The programmer was just paid a salary. They wanted a little something more. So that is actually why Activision and, and Pitfall and Pitfall Harry was founded. If her, I mean, today, certainly one of the most evil companies in video gaming. But at the beginning, <laughs> uh, you know. Very worker-friendly. There you go. Question three. Uh, when did the Easter Bunny first join our holiday scene? Within 25 years, please. Mm. Okay. Well, since I have a big range, I'll just... Uh, let's let's just split the difference. Just say he's probably a pretty recent invention and say 1950. Ooh. No? No. All right. He's been around. 1682. 1682. Yeah, first mentioned in Germany. Okay. It's a bunny that brings eggs. All right. I just feel about, like, like with Santa Claus, you hear about the alternate, the Krampus, yeah. St. Nicholas, Sinterklaas. Yeah, he's been around. I feel like I don't know what every other country's Easter bunny is. So I think it's just an Easter bunny. Yeah, it kind of got me thinking that maybe, oh, maybe it's just us doing it. I mean, there's like the Easter hair uh the easter coney um that's all i got all right well you know we'll have to suggest that uh for a future episode (laughs) uh all right question four uh six months after star wars rogue squadron was released for the n64 a secret code was revealed to let players pilot a naboo starfighter from what film I'm guessing uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Of? Of Star Wars. That is correct. But yeah, I, I remember this. I remember this growing up. This was, this was very cool. They, they hid a ship that was not revealed until the movie came out in a game that came out, you know, six plus months before the movie. So if you got your Game Shark out oh my and God. really got in there and looked and at I the bits and bytes. I did have my Game Shark out. We did not find it. Mm. The the developers of that game, Factor Five, just they must have used Huffman encryption. Yeah, they were they were just wizards on the hardware. Like they got they got they got some pretty crazy uh, crazy memory scrambling or whatever in there to to block our game sharks. We did not find it. I can tell you that much. All right, question five: What is the Thursday of Holy Week called? Ooh, is that? Palm Thursday? Nope, that's no, Palm that's Sunday. No, that's Palm Sunday. As I said it, I realized that. What is it? And again, that was in the question. Uh, it what? is Maundy Thursday. Maundy from uh, the washing of the feet and uh, in commemoration of the Last Supper. Huh. I got to pay more attention to these questions. You know what? It's hard. We're, you know what? It is hard. 
Trivia is hard. We're doing the back and forth questions. Your regular hosts don't have to deal with that. No, I will say making a trivia podcast for gents and ladies is a very difficult process. Absolutely. Question six. Uh, a hidden ending in Silent Hill 2 features the protagonist discovering a control room where what breed of dog, or perhaps doge, has been responsible for the game's events. So based on what I know about that game, which is very little, mm-hmm. I would have guessed German Shepherd because I think there's a lot of those in that game. But your extra little hint, I'm going to go with Shiba Inu. That is correct. This is Shiba Inu. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why it's in there. But there, if you get all the regular endings, uh, apparently you can find something called the dog key <laughs> and unlock a dog house and at the end. And it's a very funny sequence where the protagonist, uh, you know, a very psychologically tormented man walks in and exclaims, so it was all your work. Well, he says it in Japanese, sure. but it's, it's in subtitles. They, they did not translate this ending into English. <laughs> uh, they just shipped the Japanese one. And then, yeah, it was a dog doing all the creepy Silent Hill stuff the whole time. Terrifying. And then credits roll with the dog shown like in silhouette on the screen and a theme song made out of barks uh, (laughs) and growls. It's it's quite something. I'm I'm a big I I don't like I don't like scary games. I haven't really ever played. I've played a little bit of Silent Hill games, but it. You like the goof. Yeah, that's a great goof. All right, question seven. Uh, three eggs, uh, three egg dishes, rather. Uh, one from China, it's black and made with alkaline mud. One from Japan, it's rectangular and wrapped in nori. And one from Italy and looks like an omelet. What are they? All right, well, in a pleasant surprise, since uh, the last questions, I did not use part of the question in my answer, Good. which is that I, I've got nothing. For you got this. nothing? I got nothing for All any right. of these. So a black egg, a black Chinese egg that's made with uh, alkaline mud is called uh, pidan or a century egg or a thousand year egg. Ah, okay. I've heard of a century egg. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Japanese dish is uh, tamagoyaki or tamagoyaki. Okay. Uh, it's a, it looks like a piece of sushi that's got, uh, it's egg. It's like a sweet egg uh, omelet kind of thing. Uh, and the one from Italy looks like an omelet is a frittata. Oh, well, when you say it like that, right? it sounds so so easy. But I guess, yeah, I never thought of where a frittata was from. All right, uh, question eight. After rumors followed the first game, what Blizzard sequel finally allowed you to battle a lightning enchanted super unique hellbovine? First, you take Wurt's leg. Uh huh. You put it in your Herodric cube yeah, with a town portal, town portal, a tome of town portal, mm-hmm. and you transmute it, and you get to go to the secret cow level in Diablo 2. That's correct. That's great. I, I love yeah. that. No, I put, I, you know, I know who I'm going up against here. <laughs> I wanted to put something in for you to have a little fun with. So how did this original rumor start? Was this like a thing in Diablo 1? You could just... People said to click the cows a lot. Yeah, if you, I think there was something if you clicked a cow a bunch of times... Uh, they thought that it would open a portal to a, a secret level, and then it was there is no cow level was a, a cheat code in Warcraft Two. Okay, I was going to ask if there was a Warcraft Two connection here. Yeah, I think there was something with sheep in that game. Yeah, if, if you, you kept on clicking sheep, a sheep, they would say like "Bah, I ran you." Yeah, and other things. I wonder what that. Means. Um, and then if you if you clicked on a cow a bunch of times in Diablo Two in Tristram, it would explode and it would hurt you. Okay. Um, but then there was this extra actual secret cow level, which uh, is glorious. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? It's very hard. Yeah, and if you uh, if you kill the cow king, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you can keep going back there and getting some uh, stones of Jordan and what have you. Okay. Uh, what am I up to? Number nine. Mm-hmm. Question nine. Get out your cocktail shaker and your client bottle. Uh, what is the ratio of eggs to cream in a standard egg cream? Give me give me something to get me started on this. So it's like one egg to a unit of measure. Final answer, please. Of cream. You probably want more cream than egg. I'm going to get like no one wants to just drink an egg. Uh, one cup. 
False. All right. Uh, it's none, you doofus. No. There's no eggs and no cream. What? An egg cream is a, a drink made from seltzer, uh, chocolate syrup, and uh, frothed. Okay. Well, now I won't be scared to order one if right? I see it on a menu, which I feel like I did see one on a menu recently. Or maybe I just watched an episode of This Is Us where Randall and his father go around town trying to find the best egg cream. I, you know, I don't know, but it sounds intimidating. It sure does. Yeah. Egg cream. I want to drink what an egg cream sounds like. Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> egg question 10. Uh, what's the Konami code, Steve? I'm going to go with up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, start. Ooh. So close. Oof. Up, de- up. Excuse me. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A. Ah, got it flipped. And then, you know, I think I think there's a little room for error on the rest of it because sometimes people will say start. Sometimes people will say select start. Sure. And that, you know, that more refers to like, what are you doing in the menus? Yeah, that's After fair. you enter that cheat. If you pre- if if you're a BA start guy, that means you're doing this cheat for you. <laughs> but if you're a BA select start guy, that means you switched into two player mode, Ooh. and now both you and your buddy have thirty lives. Now it's game on to go into contra. So you, I, yeah, I guess you know, maybe you can learn a lot about a person from that. But that, yes, that is the Konami code. I think there's a lot. Uh, I know I've seen plenty of websites where like that's a common Easter egg. Yeah. You put in the Konami code. I'm sure there's some JavaScript library out there just for, just for triggering just for that. that functionality. But uh, yeah, you know, if you're ever at your computer and you're just sitting there, just try, try typing that in. Might do something. Maybe. You never know. Well, great. Okay, what a fun yeah. trivia podcast. Hey, yeah, that was, that's good. You know, um, I guess we'll we'll see each other next year. Yeah, we'll try this again. I'll miss you. Hey uh, guys, uh, what? Uh, microphone's ready. Yeah. Oh. What's going on? Yeah. No, we're just. Can I get the seat now? Yeah. We're just hey, we're, we're just testing we, these out. Thanks. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Are they level? Yeah. Is Julia checked? here? Great. <laughs> She's right behind me. Thanks, babe. Let me Thank let you. me just put these cans on you. <laughs> They're babe. so wide and. Uh, Okay. Head part is so big. I know. It's silly that we were just sitting here <laughs> pretending like we'd do a podcast. But. Well, can't always be us. All right. Uh, well, cool. All right. So uh, I'll see you at home. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you. All right. Okay. Bye.